And now, the snooze. This is what's on tap. From the GBH Newsroom in Boston, I'm Paris Halston. And I'm Jeremy Siegel. Welcome to And Now the Snooze. That is officially our name today, thanks to Ruben from Dartmouth, who is the winner of our naming contest. Yes, we did. We asked you all yesterday uh, to to give us some ideas for what we were going to call the show uh, in light of the Steamship Authority asking for ideas on what they were going to call their two new ferries to go from the Cape and Islands. And we got to say, we we thought Ruben, we wanted to shout Ruben out today because we thought it was a knock. But then Ruben was like, no, this is not negative. Yeah. We love, I love Sent the show. a follow-up show. text. Yeah. Yes, we appreciate it. Who, doesn't everybody love a good follow-up text? Yeah. Ruben was just like, I always hear... And now this news, usually right at the top of the hour. And to Ruben, it was sounding like, and now this news. Which honestly, just hearing you say it then, I totally heard it. Yeah. Morning snooze, he says. You get it. We I do get it, Ruben. I appreciate that creativity, Ruben. Yeah. Lots of snooze to get to today, so let's get right into it. Uh, quickly, just a look at um, monkeypox and coronavirus in Massachusetts. There are new weekly monkeypox numbers out from the state of Massachusetts. They release these every week. 37 new cases reported in the state. That's now 280 co- cases total this year. But it does mark a drop in the rate of new cases for the second week straight in Massachusetts. And also vaccinations are ongoing. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Department of Public Health continues to distribute vaccines at clinics throughout the state. After initially being only in Boston and P-Town, I believe there are now uh, a little more than a dozen, Mm -hmm. uh, including in Cambridge, Framingham, Lawrence, New Bedford, Randolph, Somerville, and Worcester. And we also talked, I think it was last week, about how they're they're splitting the doses now, which is allowing more people to get vaccinated. So instead of doing that single dose, they've been splitting them um, to up to five doses with the the intradermal method instead of doing it underneath the skin, which has been a huge help. To see if you're eligible for the vaccine, you can go to the Department of Public Health's website. Boston Public Department of Public Health has been uh, a commission, public health commissions urging people who are not um, vaccinated and are eligible to be vaccinated to do so. There's also news today on COVID vaccines, actually two pieces of news. The first um, is that Cambridge-based Moderna is suing Pfizer and its German partner, BioNTech, claiming they improperly used their foundational technology in developing their COVID vaccine to translate, essentially saying they stole their technology. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, what Moderna was first, this is important to note, but this is also something that comes up when we think about global access to things like vaccination. So it's interesting because Moderna originally said, you know, they were re- wanted to protect their patent, but then they were like, because this is a global health mm. crisis, we will allow others to use our information, but you got to cite your sources now. You got to like give us the credit. Um, and they're arguing that Pfizer and BioNTech did not do that. In a press release, their chief legal officer saying, quote, we believe that Pfizer and BioNTech unlawfully copied Moderna's inventions. This is a suit that was filed here in Massachusetts in federal court and then also, of course, in Germany because BioNTech is based in Germany. So the other piece of uh, vaccine news is that Pfizer and Moderna are in the process of getting updated shots approved, authorized by the FDA. These would actually be the first time that there would be updates 
to the shots, which is interesting to think back to. But these ones would be tailored to those new Omicron subvariants. Oh, very interesting. And different from the boosters, right? Yes, different from the boosters. These are specified ones, um, and they could be out real soon. New York Times reporting earlier this week that the Biden administration could make them available just after Labor Day. All right. Well, we are also wrapping up the first full week of the complete Orange Line shutdown. What a week it has been. Yeah. Some revelations, some underestimations, I guess you could say. Yeah. Didn't Underestimated go as... how bad it was going to be. Just heard from Bob C, our transportation reporter, giving it a B, B plus. Overall, things fairly smooth, all yeah. things considered. Yeah. Even though, although it still has been a huge inconvenience for riders, we have heard about a number of hiccups that have been happening with um, the signage, with the language on the signage, and making mm-hmm. sure that everyone can understand what's going on with accessibility, as we were talking about sure. this morning. And then on top of that, just people almost across the board, if they use the orange line, having to wake up earlier to have longer rides. Here's what some of the riders we've spoken to on GBH's Morning Edition are telling us. I'm Sylvia. Um, I'm headed to Cambridge uh, for work. I usually take the orange line and then get on the red line. Um, I've had to take Uber like the last two mornings because the commuter rails like it doesn't come as often. So past like 5:35, I can't make it to work on time. I sat at Haverhill and then I get off at uh, Blanford Street. Take the commuter rail to get here and then I. Uh, Gonna have to take the bus to the subway and then the subway the rest of the way. Bit of arthritis has set in because my right leg was crushed years ago. So some of them, if they got steep stairs, some buses have it. That's harder. Do you usually take the orange line and you're taking I the bus to? I used to a long time ago, but when they even started like working on the tracks a few years ago, uh, and they had like shuttle buses in between, no, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I stopped that because. Uh, I couldn't climb the stairs, man. I could. Uh, Gary Christensen, C-H-R-I-S. <laughs> Tell me what you're yeah. doing this morning. Helping. Yeah. We're all in this together, and that's why I'm out here. And how long do you plan to be out here for? Depends how long they'll have me. <laughs> <laughs> Once I give someone the wrong instru- instructions, that might be it. So I decided to take the shuttle bus last night just to, to beat the anxiety today. So I know this is gonna go all the way to Government Center. From that point, I will walk towards Park Street, catch the Silver Line, and that'll drop me in front of my job. It's not gonna be a month. It's gonna be more likely a month and a half. I don't care if it goes on for three months. Just get it together before the winter time. Get it together. That right there was another banger produced by executive producer Karen Marshall. Thanks so much for that montage, Karen. And if you have uh, any experiences that you want to share about your uh, your rides on the Orange Line, on the shuttle buses, on whatever, we want to hear from you. Text us 617-300-2008. So another interesting thing that we're hearing about uh, this week, high school games are returning to Fenway Park, high school football games to be specific. So 10 local high schools will be playing football there during the Thanksgiving holiday week. Um, and they're going to be rivalry games. We lo- Who doesn't love a good rivalry, right? Yeah. Schools such as Boston Latin Academy or, um, versus John D. O'Brien, Malden versus Medford, Watertown versus Belmont. Got to get the towns involved in the rivalry there. Uh, you know, this brings back memories for me. I don't know if this was a thing in in Cincinnati, Jeremy, but I grew up going Friday night football games, 
I not to the same extent for me. I mean, my my high school had an awful football team. I have a bad history of going to schools with bad football teams. I also went to Cal, and when I was there, it was like we were just constantly losing too. So, well, the high school I went to. Well, yeah, actually, the high school that my older siblings went to was kind of had kind of had a football dynasty going for a minute. This was Eastern Randolph High School in Mm. Ramsour, North Carolina, Um, and then uh, my high school was a split off from that, and so there it developed a rivalry. But I think our team wasn't as good as the as the other one. Definitely gonna watch out for these ones at Fenway. Tickets available at MLB. Yeah, sure to be an exciting experience for the for the athletes and their families and fans alike. So a few things happening today and this weekend at 10 o'clock this morning, uh, the Executive Office of Health and Human Services will be holding a virtual hearing on proposed regulations dealing with COVID-19 payment rates for certain community health care providers. And at 1230, you're going to be hanging out on the beach. Yes, I will be. I'm going to be doing a reading situation event. I hope you all can join. You can go to GBH News's Instagram uh, folks like Jeremy and some other people in the GBH newsroom are going to be joining me, not at the beach, but virtually, and we'll be reading a couple of books that we've been digging into this summer. It's going to be really fun. 1245, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren has joined North Adams Mayor Jennifer Maxey and other elected officials for a discussion on federal funding for the Hoosick River Revival Project. And this weekend, Boston Carnival is happening. So, fun fact, I will be marching in Carnival with one of my friends. This is my first Big weekend time. For Paris. Big weekend. Beach, I'm going to be yeah. out doing it. The sun is going to be shining. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Carnival goes through Roxbury all the way to Franklin Park. Um, it'll be kicking off at one o'clock on Saturday. This is actually one of the top Carnival celebrations in the country. Like outside, you know, we have a large Car- mm-hmm. Caribbean population here. It's in its 49th year. And I learned that there is some tension happening between the community and the bands that participate um, and the, the Carnival Association. So I'm going to be looking into a little bit about folks, how people are feeling about that while I am there. But nonetheless, the most important part was that I will be soaking up a culture that I appreciate um, and that is not mine, but it's going to be interesting to, to be celebrating all things Caribbean. Wait, what day is the march? It's Saturday, okay, tomorrow. got it. Yes. Got it. And soca music is a big, huge yeah. part of this. So a little music history here. We all know this song. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Right? Okay. That's going to be stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But did you know that it is a cover by the 1998 song Doggy, which is by Trinidadian singer Anselm Douglas, which is a classic Calypso song? Fun time. So there's going to be all these kinds of vibes on Saturday. Very, very excited. I did not know this was a cover. Wow. Me neither. The more you know, the more snooze you know, right? Well, that's what's on tap for Friday. No, that is the snooze for Friday. That is the snooze for Friday. You're right. For for today, August 26th, our show is executive produced by Karen Marshall, our Our associate producer is Rachel Armani, our digital producer is Gal Zipperman-Lotin, and our engineer is Andrew Maswa. I'm Paris Alston. And I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is GBH Snooze. Hoop, 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 hoop.